0: You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Reza
1: and Alan Lee, right here on LA Talk Radio.
0: Excellent. Welcome to the show, guys. I'm Keith Reza. Alan Lee couldn't be here today. He, uh, There's a big, serious cold going around, and he has this cold where he can't even talk. And, uh, you know, so... He's not here because uh, if he was here, he wouldn't be able to talk, and, you know, it would be, like, pretty awkward because, you know, I couldn't tell if he would be laughing or coughing. But that's not the point. The point is I'm here, and I'm ready to rock and roll, and I have a great guest for you today, man. This is one of my favorite comics. Uh, This is David Cross. We're promoting him and his new comedy special, Oh Come On which is going to be released on May 10th, this year, 2019, by Comedy Dynamics Network. The special will be available simultaneously in a 10-city theoretical run on all major platforms, such as iTunes and um, Google Play and Xbox, where you can download it. I'm very excited because I love David Cross, and... Uh, I just ran like I'm out of breath because I just ran all the way upstairs and um, the elevator to the studio was broken so I got to catch my breath and I was running a little late you know but we have David Cross and he has a new special coming out May 10th called Oh Come On on the Comedy Dynamics Network it's going to be awesome because David Cross is the funniest guy in the world and I'm about to call him right now and ask him questions and your Twitter questions also if you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Follow us on social media at Razoriffs and, you know, help the show out. We could use the reviews and all that stuff. i going to take a drink of water, get ready for a great interview with David Cross.
1: Hello? Can you hear me?
0: Uh, hey, David. Sorry, it was me. I didn't hit the unmute button. There you go. Uh, how are you? Thank you so much for doing it. It's good to finally talk to you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, no,
0: and and how do you pronounce your name? Is it Reza or Reza? Uh, Reza. Yeah. Reza. Oh, I didn't. I was over two. All right. Uh, <laughs> Reza. Yeah. A lot of people okay. think because it's it's all like I use it as a Hispanic last name, but it's also a Persian last name. So, oh, okay. You know. So, but uh, thank you so much. I know we've been talking on Twitter, and like Twitter's you know awesome, but like it also gives me huge anxiety because I know you probably get a thousand tweets, and I don't. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, how do I contact him? So,
1: no. Well, that's uh, that's an easy way to do it. I'm never on Facebook or anything like that, so that's probably the best way to to do it, I guess. Uh-huh. Outside of going, I think you went through the publicist for the special. I
0: think I did, yeah. But at the yeah, yeah. at the beginning, I went through you, and you said DM me, and I was like, oh, I can't DM mm-hmm. you because you know you don't follow back, and I was like, I don't know how to, you know, social media know is just so weird for someone who has Asperger's because it's like, ah, uh, you know.
1: Yeah, I barely get it myself, but
0: yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing it. Um, I really appreciate it. I uh, I opened for Jay Moore a lot, and he told me to ask you about the HBO audition at the Duck Shop in Boston, and that happened in ninety and ninety one. He said you got seven minutes of applaud clapping. Uh, the say it again. The HBO audition at the Duck Shop uh, in Boston. The Duck Shop.
1: Yeah. Um jeez I don't remember I mean that would have been yeah that would have been right as I was getting ready to leave Boston but um uh I don't I don't remember that um I also don't know I don't know what the duck
0: shop duck shop what is that uh, I I think it was a comedy club for
1: the well, there was, let's see, there was Stitches, there was um, Catch, Rag, Star, there was nicks, there was Comedy, uh, Saint Played Against Sands, I don't know. Uh, but you know what? I'll take him at his word. Yeah, um, if a- you ever... Uh, uh, Jay Moore did one of the best uh, pranks. I've, I mean, just really one of the best ever. We were shooting a movie a um, long, long, long time ago. This is like... Oh, fuck! I don't know. It was a long time ago. It was a, a movie called Small Soldiers, and, and and Dennis Leary was on the on the film for for a couple weeks, and and Jay and he had this kind of like adversarial, you know, friendly but you know uh, um, button pushing uh, relationship, and um, and one time <laughs> I can't remember what. Dennis said that pissed Jay off or whatever. And he, he wasn't, again, he wasn't really pissed. He was just, you know, um, fucking around. But, uh, um, he went into Dennis's trailer and took a dump and then didn't flush it and turn the heat all the way up. And we were shooting in LA. So it was probably, probably we were in the Valley. So I'm going to guess it was, it was, it's it's fair to guess it was about ninety five degrees outside. So he turned up and then he uh, sh- uh, locked the door, and uh, that's one of the best pranks. Like that was a, a Jay Moore special.
0: Uh, and did he blame it on you? Like, did he say David did it? No. Uh, I was like, he just no.
1: He he owned it. He's uh, like, yeah, I did
0: that. Because <laughs> with me, he would like blame it on me, and then I would just be like, oh yeah, I did it, you know. And then I'd get the the reward for the everyone giving me high fives, you know. <laughs> yeah but uh, he told me that the story was um if i can remember he said that it was an audition for an hbo thing and um all the comics went up and then like the crowd was just dead and you went up and you said how's everyone doing like we're all friendly and you got everyone to clap and you kept singing like one two three and you got them to keep clapping for like a minute and then you were like hey wait i was almost <sighs> done and then you got them to do it again he said you did that for seven that- minutes
1: yeah, that sounds like, uh, that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> I don't remember it exactly, but yeah, I mean, when I was, um, early on, I used to really fuck around with the audience quite a bit. Um, and I would do fake characters and, you know, where, where people, you know, didn't know who I was and didn't know what to believe. Um, but that definitely sounds like something I would do just, you know, keep them going to the point where they're, they're confused and then they start getting a little angry.
0: That's also like very brave as a comic too to keep doing that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean yes
1: and no. It it, it totally depends on, uh, you know what what you want to do, what you're trying to achieve. You know, um, I, I was never one of those guys who's like I've got to kill every night and uh, and would and you see it with with comics alive and good comics and comics that I'm. I'm I respect, I'm very friendly with, but, you know, anytime, you know, people, if, if they were kind of experimenting or doing something new or, um, and it wasn't working, you could see them immediately shift into, new, um, you know, good proven material, but just so they were, they could get lapsed and feel like they got, you know, it's like that work, that material doesn't need work anymore. You know, Yeah. you're, you're just doing that so that you can feel better about it. I mean, it's okay to, to fail. And then, you know, well, that bit doesn't work, but you know, give it a chance, give it a, give it a, give it a shot. But, um, uh, yeah, I used to be way more, uh, really kind of fucking with the audience. Um, and it was fun. I miss, I miss that, the ability to do that just because, you know, people know, you can't pretend you're somebody, or you know a character or anything, and have it break down and be something different because everybody knows who you are
0: at this point. Yeah, you're you're doing like major theaters now. Uh, do you ever miss doing just regular comedy clubs, or because I know there's like a different atmosphere to it too?
1: Well, yeah, I don't stop doing the um, uh, the smaller rooms. I, I've never I never stop. I mean, if I go out on tour, yeah, I'm doing the bigger theaters because you know I can. I can, uh, uh, sell them and, you know, you want as many people to see you as you can, especially if you're only going to be in, you know, wherever, uh, if you know, if you're only in for one night. Um, yeah. yeah, you're there for one night and who knows when you'll get back. It's going to be, you know, anywhere from two to five years. So yeah, you want, you do a theater, but, um, you know, when I'm getting all that material ready and, uh, I mean, I'm in small rooms and I'll, I'll never, Uh, not do those those are much they're they're intimate they're fun that's where you get a lot of work done and and you know when you go tour and you're doing theaters your work should be done at that point of course it's okay to fuck around and everything but you know you your work should be finished yeah i i don't get these guys who uh who go out on these big tours and theaters and like you know, call their tour. Working on new material. They're working on new material tour. You know, tickets uh, start at thirty-five dollars and go up to one hundred and fifty. Like that's insane to me. Yeah, um,
0: kind of seems like you get so, cheaped you know, out on the money too. Say what? It kind of seems like the audience gets cheaped out on the money. You know, paying thirty dollars. Well, they know what it is,
1: so I can't say that they. You know, if if somebody puts "I'm working on new material" in their title, then you're you're getting exactly what. You know, there's no, it's not a bait and switch, you know, Right. but, um, uh, but I mean, you get so much more work done in those smaller spaces and I'm, and I'm, you know, lucky enough to live in New York where, you know, there are, I don't know, 55, 60 different, you know, depending on, you know, in a week period, uh, uh, cool little comedy shows to to go jump on you know at, at cool venues that are um some very very small some you know medium sized, but they're they're that that's where i'll never not do those you yeah. know they're fun uh
0: your, your new special that's coming out oh come on um it, it's coming out two years after uh, making america great was is that material that didn't quite make america and that you're just more polished or um one bit is
1: something that i would do actually no two bits two bits that are in this special were bits that i would do uh for an encore on the last tour that didn't make it in the special because i by the end of the by the time i'm taping the special and by the time i get to the end i mean i'm doing close to two hours a night and You know, I don't, I don't want to be so, it's okay to be self indulgent like that live, but I think on when you're doing your special, you want to keep it to like, you know, 75 minutes, I think is good. An hour and a half tops, but, um, so I was going to lose stuff and I, and there were two bits that just, that that were funny that I liked, but I they just didn't kind of fit in the flow of the other specials, so I took them out. And uh, um, knowing I was going to lose like a good forty minutes of what I was doing, and um, and I tend to do that every special because because you start off, um, you know, maybe maybe you've got an hour and fifteen,
0: yeah.
1: and within two weeks, uh, I mean even less time sometimes now all of a sudden you got an hour and a half because you you're, uh, I tend to write a lot on stage and riff and, and you're just finding these things that fit. So, um, so I took, so two of those bits made it into the, the show proper. You know what I mean? Like I knew I was going to do those bits. So, and I have stuff that I was doing on the, on this last tour, um, that I, is not going to air in the special. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll do that for the next tour. You know, I've got that ready to go. Um, and I, and I, I pulled some things cause I was like, you know what, I did this. This is a good bit, but it, out of context, it, it's not that great. And I know I can fit this. I can contextually make this part of a bigger piece and a bigger idea. So I pulled little things here and there that I was like, I can do this
0: yeah. better.
1: I can more fully realize this idea. And so um, those are easy cuts to make because, you know, I still have a, I mean, it's like an hour and, I don't know what it is, like an hour and 15, an hour and 20 minutes, but it's good. You know, it's tight.
0: Yeah. Like, there's a lot of comics, like, they have that whole um, Louis C.K. approach where they want to do a special every single year, and I like, I think, Mm -hmm. like, a special should be good before you go on to the, you know, I'm not saying Louis specials are bad, but you know, you get the material really polished. You know what I mean? So
1: like, yeah, but I mean, some of those guys are, you know, really amazing comics. Like, uh, and they just are so prolific. Like Lully or Jim Gaffigan, or um, uh, you know, any any of those comics who go out and can put them in something together in uh, you know uh, eighteen months. That's, you know, but th- those guys are are the highest levels you know uh skilled funny technicians you know and they they can do it i think there are other people that can't and i think that's what you're talking about like um you know people are like uh you know where you see it and you go hey probably could have taken a half a year and uh polish that up a little bit
0: yeah yeah and I think like that's cool about your comedy because you took six years off and then you did one and now three years you're doing another one so it's really you know you get all the kinks out so I like that that's my favorite type of comedy good specials you know yeah
1: good well I hope you like this one I'm I'm I was quite fond of it I like it awesome just slightly different for, for me not incredibly different but a little bit
0: yeah Um, What what type of jobs did you have while you were starting to do comedy uh, before you made it? Because I know the Bloom really helped, but did you have, like, struggling jobs too?
1: Oh, fuck yeah. Um, I mean, I started doing... The very first set I ever did was right before my 18th birthday in uh, Atlanta, where I'm from. And I did uh, um, open mic nights for... I mean, two years basically in Atlanta before I moved to Boston. And, uh, there were only two clubs back then. There was punchline and a place called the comedy spot. And, um, and so I do as, as many gigs as possible, but you know, obviously I'm, you're getting six bucks. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. I was, I worked at pizza hut. I worked at Domino's as a delivery guy for a while. I worked at, um, uh, we're also, some pla a uh, chicken fast food chicken restaurant called Mrs. Winters, um, off of two eighty five. And then I moved to Boston and I did everything from while well, I was doing stand up uh before I, I kinda of quit my day job. Uh um I was doing I mean I worked at a uh, in a warehouse for a uh like a it was a place called goods and they had like trinkets and things. I don't know. They had, it was, it was sort of like a Spencer's gift, not really, but anyway, I worked. I worked for them, and I worked in a warehouse, and I worked for a tra I worked as a messenger. I was a bike messenger. I was a post messenger. I worked in a, uh, as a in the mailroom of a law firm. I worked um, uh, all shit jobs, all shitty jobs, and I worked. Uh, I did canvassing, like uh, you know, I was in downtown Crossing asking people to you know fill out questionnaires, and God, what else did I do? I did so many. Um, so many little lame things here and there. I babysit for babysat for a little while. Uh um
0: yeah.
1: just all kinds of stuff really.
0: That job's tough because sitting on babies is uncomfortable, you know.
1: For them. I, <laughs> I loved it. You know.
0: <laughs> but no, uh, but that's all awesome. did like when you were at the uh halal forum, did you get ideas for like jokes but when you were passaging messages? Um that's a good question. I, I I don't know that
1: I got any material from there. Um I mean just that kind of whole world I mean cuz you're going from law firm to law firm to courthouse to you know, is it downtown Boston so you know you're in this kind of Yeah. You, you pretty much Oh, actually wait. No, I got a whole I did. I did get a bit that it, I don't know which um I don't know which album it's on but it's I know it's called the most surreal it's either the most surreal thing I've ever seen or the most surreal experience I've ever seen. But there's a story about, I was working at the law firm and they had a, uh, in-house, um, like cafeteria, you know, where they, they made food. And there was a, um, in the meatpacking district, there was in Boston, um, there was a place that, that, um, professional, a uh, knife sharpening place and everybody would bring their knives to the skies like an industrial thing. And, and, and you always coveted certain runs. They would call them runs. You get the, you know, uh, courthouse run or the uh, post office square run, or this run or the Beacon Hill run. And if you got this certain run, it meant you would get a, um, like a, a ticket compensation, a chit thing for, uh, for a taxi to, cause you had to go to this area that you couldn't walk to. Yeah. So, um, so everybody wanted to get the knife sharpening run, you know, and, um, and I got it one day, uh, it just fell to me. And so I got, and, and you know, nobody's checking on you at all. And so I just got a cab and I went, uh, uh, kind of like halfway to this, this thing and I, I said, Hey, stop here on, uh, on Tremont street. We stop right here you know, whatever it was, four, six, two, three months. And I went to my friend who sold weed and I said, I just told the cab driver to keep the car running yeah. and I'll be in a bit. And I went in and said, hi, and, you know, my, my friend and I got high and we spent like 10 minutes and we had a sandwich and we we're just shooting shit. And I'm like, all right, well I got to go finish this run. And I got back in the taxi and the taxi driver, you know, knows he's going to be with me for the whole thing. And then, uh, uh, and it's, it's it's a story, I can't do it here, it's just way too long. But that yeah. whole story is from the law firm, working at the law firm. And that's on, I can't remember which one it's on, but it's on one of those. I know it's called the most surreal thing I've ever seen or something like that. I know other words, surreal, isn't it?
0: Now, I had a question about like uh, your films, because you have uh, training in stand-up, but also in sketch. And I have a feeling in a lot of your comedy films, you do a lot of improvising with is that mm-hmm. is that something that I'm right about? Because I could tell. Oh my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah. So like, I mean, I, 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 at, at,
1: often I assume that's part of the reason people are hiring me. You know, like, that you know, you get you get on set, and you know, nine out of ten times, people like, uh, you know, um, and you know, if you think of anything, just go with it. Uh,
0: you know, you don't to stick to this. I mean, let's get this, but let's, uh,
1: you know, they, they they kind of encourage you that to do that, which yeah. is fine by me
0: now is that is it easier to do that like in films that you work with other stand-ups like for for scary movie you worked with the waynes brothers and for small shoulders you work with jay like is it easier to improvise or is it more difficult because i think
1: so i think it's 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 easier if you're if you can work with somebody who you know there's give and take i remember doing one movie um i won't mention the the movie or who the actor was but he was a he was a straight actor didn't didn't really do a lot of comedy um and uh you know fairly well known and uh um we were riffing and my character was kind of a dick right and and we were doing the scene and it's him and this other guy um and the other guy the other actor kind of straight men in this film the other actor was uh was good at it was just kind of going you know taking it and and uh and going back and forth and and um, and the other guy just could not hang and was getting upset as a person, as as an actor, not in character. He was getting upset, and and you know I don't think any really any of those takes are usable. You know, there's a lot of fun stuff, but he just kept getting annoyed and and breaking character and stuff. And um, but you know, occasionally I I did uh, you know Arrested Development with James Lipton, who I had made fun of before, both in sketch and stand up. And um, you know, we had a very awkward kind of meeting, but he was he was very cool. But uh he was great. I mean I was riffing all over the place and he was he he was one of the better people I've ever worked with in that, that sense where he was just taking stuff and, you know, he was very quick and, and uh and same with Tommy Toon, who I never would have <laughs> expected that to be. Yeah. You know, he was this guy who's like uh, he was awesome, by the way. I mean, he's like, he's like 80-something, and he was just sharp, just taking it, just going with it. And, uh, you know, and those guys are certainly not comedy or sketch guys, so you never know.
0: Yeah, You're also one of those uh, comedians who's actually a really good dramatic actor. Uh, you did Spotless Mind and Post, and those were really good parts. And so, like, how is that as a skill level to know? you could also do drama as a comedian. like Because a lot of guys say comedians can't act, you know?
1: Well, i that's always bothered me. I don't know who... I think, you know, quite often comics uh, turn out to be great dramatic actors. I mean, look at Bob Odenkirk. You know, yeah. look at... You know, there's a lot. Look at uh, Robin Williams. Look at Zach Galifianakis. I mean, there are people... That uh, just because you're a comedian doesn't mean you're not a human being with you know emotions and and you already have a set of skills you know that, that you've been working on and you know it's just a matter of being real and not uh, succumbing to trying to be funny and get a laugh you know yeah. there's a lot of people Sarah Silverman was in a dramatic movie Jim Gaffigan is just about to be in one um uh you know there's there's uh there's a lot that you know you can that shouldn't be surprising that's always annoyed me you
0: know? yeah yeah but that question comes like you know you hear that from everyone you know what i mean they say oh stand-ups can't act and you know i agree with you i think standups can't act yeah so and uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure who, I haven't, yeah go ahead oh no, no and then my next question is uh, you directed hits or is there any chance you're going to direct another movie
1: yeah, I'd love to i mean i'm i if I can think of something I'd like to direct what i've written uh i'm certainly not opposed to directing some somebody else's stuff but um preferably i'll i'll i just haven't thought of the next great idea that I can write and direct and uh i i had a great time i loved it i i i directed a show in in britain um called lists that that i wrote co-wrote and um and i directed and i wasn't in it as well and that was just that was so much fun i really enjoyed that so i'm looking forward to whatever my next idea is you know
0: yeah and you you also perform uh, outside of the states too uh, like in london do you have a home out there that you stay like during the off season just to hang out
1: no i i've been doing so much work there over the years um uh but there is an area there's a section of town that i i try to go to I, and i've you you know kind of lived in a bunch of different places at least on uh the north side of the river I, you know i've been in you know notting hill and uh queensgate and kensington and um uh you know a bunch of these different areas and uh, and then really kind of settled in this one where i would keep going back to um that I really enjoyed, and uh, and I just get an efficiency flat, you know, a place that, you know, like they come and clean it once a week. And it's one of those type of things. It's like a hotel, but not a hotel. You know, it's kind of like an apartment, but sort of halfway between a hotel and apartment. But you don't really. There's no, you know, yeah. front desk or dining thing or anything like that. But, um, uh, and they're tiny. I mean, in London is real estate there is fucking nuts and, and really expensive. And, and, uh, um, and especially because the pound was weak and I mean, sorry, the dollar was weak compared to the pound. And, um, I mean, I, I couldn't really afford much more than a, you know, a, a much different place than the kind of sprawling things you get out in LA. Um, so, uh, but I, I wouldn't trade for the world. I mean, I, I really love London. I miss it sometimes. And uh, I've got a lot of friends there and I, I, there's a lot about it that I enjoy.
0: what's, um, the, what's the different types of types of humors out there compared to, you know, the United States? Cause I've never been to London and when I, whenever I travel, well, I want to do stand up. you know,
1: it's, it's not London per se. I would say there's like a, uh, um, there's kind of a there's the stereotype of the British sensibility, which is uh, a little more reserved. And I mean, it depends on where you go. I've seen plenty of Brits who weren't reserved at all, and especially if they get a couple pints in them. And uh, um, the, the one, you know, I don't think comedy is, is that much different anymore, in part because there's, you know, the internet allows you to just see. You know, on cable TV allows you to see all kinds of comedy, and they get a lot of American comedy, and we get a lot of British comedy. You know, and uh, um, I think the the best example of the difference, um, and again, there aren't that many differences, but um, if you look at the original, the British Office, the Ricky Gervais Office, compared with the um, American Office, yeah. both very funny, but. Both quite different, and um, and in the British office, it's very uncomfortable, and they are not; uh, they don't shy away from awkward pauses, and uh, and you know, in the American office, it's boom, 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 boom. It's it's cut. It's much more cutty, and uh, um, and they kind of go to the, you know, they'll they'll very quickly and and they go to the well with the cutting to the person who makes a face to camera like uh you believe in this you know that kind of stuff yeah and um and they just don't do that you know nearly as much in the british office it's just different it feels more real i guess more less less arch well and that's that's the difference
0: david we only have three more minutes and i want to respect your time but i did just have two more questions if i can real fast yeah Yeah, Uh, go ahead uh, the arrested development when you were painted blue, how long did that take to apply and how long did it take to take off?
1: Oh, man, it it took a long time to apply um, and ta- it took longer to take off, really. Uh, I would have to take three showers and I would still wake up and there'd still be like blue paint on my pillowcase and stuff. But I would take a uh, I would kind of get wiped down. Uh, after we shot, I'd go to the makeup trail and they have this, like, you know, jelly, you know, lotion type stuff, and that kind of gets most of it off. Um, and they, you know, they're, t- they're taking towels and they're uh, doing all the stuff and they're, you know, scraping it off, wiping it off. And then I would get in a little, you know, golf cart and they would take me to a shower where all the, like, you know, the crews would shower. This is, you know, this is when we were at the Fox 5. Yeah. And I'd go and they'd give me this kind of like industrial shit to, to, you know, use. And, uh, and I would shower and I'd put all this stuff on and then I get my clothes. And this is after shooting for 12 hours. So I just was exhausted. We would go home and, and then I would go home and I'd either have to take another shower, uh, when I got home, just cause you could see there's still blue stuff. Or if I didn't, I knew, all right, I'll just shower, in the morning, I'll get up, you know, if you have to get up at 6 a.m., it's like, you know, I'll get up at 5.40 and take a shower and, and you know, because they would send you home with these, like, creams and things to kind of get it out from under your fingernails and cuticles and ears and corner of your eyes. And it, it was uh, it was not fun. It was not pleasant in any way. And then the other shitty aspect about it is you've got to um, – sit there and you can't touch yourself because anytime you do it just smears and so they have to redo it so you, your fingers can't touch your other fingers you can't put your can't rest your hand on anything it it, it was a bummer
0: yeah it's kind of like having pink eye they say don't not to rub your eye you know what I mean so like, you're like yeah you always want to rub it and then my last question is is there any chance that you're going to appear in season three of Goliath uh yes there might be a cameo in the future Awesome, because I love that show, and I I love you very much, and thank you for doing the interview, David. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, my pleasure, man. Good to talk to you. Thank you.
0: All right, buddy. Take care.
1: All right. You too. Bye-bye.
0: All right, guys. That was David Cross. That was awesome. Uh, It would have been way better if Alan was here, because Alan would have laughed at half my jokes, but it was a great interview. I love David. Uh, You could also... Uh, follow David at David Cross on Twitter and Instagram. Uh his uh feed name is David Cross Official. And remember his new stand up special, Oh Come On, comes out on Comedy Dynamics Network on May tenth. Uh we'll be promoting that like crazy. And go see David when he's at a city near you. He's a great stand up, he's funny, and uh he really makes me laugh. And it was awesome talking to him for a half hour on this interview. And a couple things before we go. Uh, If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review. And follow us on social media at Reza, R-E-Z-A, Rifts, R-I-F-T-S. And I know what you're thinking. I just realized this. It's not rifting because I spelt it like a river flow. I really I just figured that out, uh, and I've been doing the show for four years. So I got it. I get the emails. I got it. I I figured it out, too. So I, I get it. Uh, Again, follow David Cross on social media and uh, check out his new special, Oh, Come On, May 10th on Comedy Dynamics. Uh, We wish Alan Lee uh, good health for his cold. And uh, other than that, uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Have a good night. You're listening to Razor
1: Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio.
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback—good, honest, terrible—doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com/keithraza and on Cameo